the all in all, finding the mind-blowing moments in the everyday chaos storm of life. Hey, thanks for listening to All in All. I'm here today with my friend Lily Holzman, who lives in Portland, Oregon. Lily is a brewer at Ten Barrel Brewing there in Portland. How are you, Lily? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Kate. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm glad you're here. So, Lily, what is the first time in life that you remember having a real sense of awe or a sense of your mind being blown by something? Um, You know, I feel like I am blown away by everything every day, just being alive. Um, One of the earliest memories that I have is not too distant. Um, We were camping in Yosemite. And it was, we, it was at nighttime and all the stars were out and we could see the Milky Way. And we just went out to some rocks and laid down Wow! for hours in the middle of the night. And I just, it was so mind blowing. It was incredible. That was, that was one of the first times that I can remember just being like, wow, we're on planet earth in the solar system. Yeah. Those jaw dropping moments, like. I am so small. It's yeah. all so beautiful. It's yeah. stunning. It's all so beautiful. It is. It's wild, isn't it? It's wild. Mm-hmm. Just rock formations holding up against all odds. It's incredible. And you do a lot of diving, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, I love scuba diving. That's some of my other favorite places to be on Earth is underwater. How did you get into diving? My college offered it as a PE credit. And I did like basketball or Pilates. Yeah. I took scuba diving. Yeah. So what college was that that had scuba? Uh, I went to Linfield College in McMinnville, Oregon. And that's not on the coast, is it? No, it's um, it's about an hour southwest of Portland. So it's kind of okay. in between Portland and the coast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm just surprised that they would have scuba if it's not, you know, on the ocean. But <laughs> yeah, you know, cool. a shocking number of places don't. You, you do your training in the pool okay. and then you go to an open body of water. So we go up to Hood Canal. I went up to Hood Canal. Oh, sure. That's a huge yeah. body of water. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And they have so many different, they have rockfish, crabs, plumus anemone, sea cucumbers. They have octopus. Wow. They have little kelp octopus and also the giant Pacific octopus. It's, yeah. What's your favorite thing to see when you're going out? Like, what do you really hope to see? Um, for sure, octopus. The giant yeah. Pacific octopus, but really any kind. Yeah, these guys are, the GPOs are crazy. They'll get like 20, 30 feet. It's crazy. I've seen wow. some down like there sea monster. Are, yeah. yeah. Up in Hoodsport, I've seen some that are six to eight feet. And it's just wow. incredible to just see how big this, and octopus are so smart. Yeah, yeah. When you see them, do they tend to move away from you or they don't care that you're Um, there or? It kind of depends. If you see them and kind of just leave them alone, they don't mind. 
if you see them and are shining your flashlight on them, they'll go away. But you just have to be respectful. You know, that's their home. You're the one right. visiting it. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't want someone coming into your home shining your flashlight on you. So I would not. No, please don't <laughs> do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love so, stupid acting. I bet. Is there a big difference between doing it in an inland body of water and doing it in the ocean? Um, sometimes. So lakes, I've gone scuba diving in some lakes and often there isn't much to see. There's not really any marine life, maybe a fish or two. Okay. Yeah. Plants. Um, sometimes yeah. you'll go to lakes. There's a lake in Oregon that's called Clear Lake and shocker it's crystal clear <laughs> wow <laughs> and it's it's fed by underwater springs so it's actually super super cold and crystal clear so there's a bunch of petrified wood wow 100 plus foot visibility and it's frozen it's so cold that if you get down by the vents where the water comes up it's kind of a slushy consistency Oh, wow. Because it's, it's cold. so cold coming out from the bottom of the earth. Wow. Do the living things in the water in that, are, are they pretty unusual because it's such an unusual body of water? There's not life there. It's, oh, okay. Yeah, there's like some plant plants that live there. Just some mm -hmm. algae, small things, but for the most part. Not a ton of fish. Yeah, no fish. Yeah interesting and then the yeah. ocean has everything so <laughs> yeah <laughs> well pretty you've, you've dived in some um in pretty different places like you've done diving around the pacific northwest but you've also done it in the caribbean haven't you yes i have uh, yeah which is also very different they're super different i imagine the visibility is probably pretty different too i mean yeah. we're sort of known for having dark dark, <laughs> dark in the water yeah. On a on a good day, you get fifteen foot visibility, and then on a bad day in the Caribbean, it's like thirty foot visibility. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty different. Yeah, it's wow. pretty different. But were you surprised yeah. the first time you were in the Caribbean by how much you could see? Yes, I was so surprised. It was incredible. I was like, oh, I'm never gonna get lost again. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> <can> see everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love it. And the marine life is so different. It's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some cool things that you see when you're in like Caribbean waters as opposed to, to Pacific Northwest waters? Um, I'd say the Caribbean just have such diverse reefs. They have such diverse fish, sharks, things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get thousands of fish living on a little reef. Whereas up in the Northwest, you only get a handful of species of fish that have all learned how to live there and they all live together. Mm -hmm. So it's really fascinating just to see different ecosystems cohabitating with each other and the predator prey relationships too on the different, in the different marine ecosystems is really interesting. Wow. Yeah. 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 I love it. Yeah, I love it. And like things like bioluminescence, I think are so interesting. That's probably my favorite thing to see underwater, but you can only see them at night. So that's the interesting part. The first but... time I saw bioluminescence, I was so <laughs> surprised that I just started <laughs> laughing. Really yeah, because it was yeah. so delightful. But <laughs> it's, incredible. it's incredible. It's, it's unlike incredible. anything you've ever seen. And I knew that like it was possible that we would see it. But to actually see it, it was so different than I thought it would be. 
uh, it was so much brighter and more colorful. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> I feel like it's probably the closest thing to being in outer space. Yeah, that makes sense because well, quite a lot of the ocean is totally unexplored, right? Oh, I mean, totally. Totally to yeah. outer space. Yeah. Totally, totally. And, you know, species that are unfamiliar to us. Even some of the things, how they're alive. There's no light. There's no you know right yeah <laughs> how are you surviving down there in the dark <laughs> yeah exactly little night light you need the night yeah. light down there <laughs> yeah have there been any experiences that you thought would be really mind-blowing all-inspiring that just really didn't do it for you like in nature or, or anywhere um not necessarily no which I feel pretty fortunate about I get a lot of people um who when I tell them I'm a brewer they're like oh my gosh that's so cool what a cool job I wish I had that job I do and I do love my job so much it's so fantastic but it's not the most glamorous job yeah so and I wonder if people are thinking it's going to be like when you go to a vineyard and go to a wine tasting that you're right, like, right. sort of presiding <laughs> over this beautiful like yes. you know vineyard and you're like I'm doing chemistry. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing chemistry with lots and lots of volume. Yeah. Yep, yep. 100%. <laughs> yep. It's How did you get into brewing? Um I got into it. Um I started home brewing with my aunt during the oh, pandemic. Cool. I wasn't 21 and I was like, yeah, this just sounds great. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's um, drink some beer, Auntie. Yeah. yeah. And it was so bad. The batches we made oh, tasted yeah. so gross. But you know, wow. whatever. It was just like, yeah. It was just a fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just a fun thing to do. Um, did you think it was good because you had like really had a lot of beer in your life? No, you I like, did oh, not. This is terrible. <laughs> I was like, I don't like beer. <laughs> <laughs> and there you were wrong and there I was wrong yeah but it was just something really fun to do with my aunt and then I um took a class in college a chemistry class and my professor was like a home brewer he loved brewing and he said oh there's a brewery in town that's hiring oh and I didn't have a job after college so I was like well I guess I'll apply you know whatever gotta work and I ended up getting it and I was like, oh, this is really interesting. It's really different than home brewing, brewing professionally, but you know, you're still creating recipes. It's kind of like baking. You add ingredients, you add some yeast, add some water, and you yeah. make beer. <laughs> Do you get to be pretty experimental at work? I mean, because you're working on such a big scale, I imagine a bad batch would be a big deal. Yes, for sure. I work at an R&D brewery. So it's like a recipe and development brewery, which is really nice. So we try out new hops. We try out new malts. That's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to add a new beer to the production lineup, they say, okay, we're looking for a double hazy IPA. Brew us a couple couple and we'll see how they taste. We'll We'll see how they sell. We'll see things like that. And then move it up to production. So that's really wow. nice. pretty pretty flexible yeah. yeah that's pretty awesome so you get to do a lot of trying and it's okay to fail and try again yeah totally totally it's okay wow. to fail yep yeah it's just beer at the end of the day it's just beer it's just beer right we're not in the like, er here people yep. right yep yep yeah. 
And there aren't a whole lot of women in brewing in the professional world, are there? I mean, women were the original brewers. They were in charge of it. No way. Yeah, they're the ones who made the beer. And then kind of the industrial revolution happened and men took over. Yeah, women were from the dawn of time. They've been brewing. Home brewers. Wow. Home brewing, yep. They would brew ales. It kind of goes along with kind of the witchy witchcraft. Um, yeah yeah they you're... had their little cauldrons they would mix yeah. up nice yeah making toxicants yeah yeah making toxicants <laughs> they were the ones that's then men took over and it became a really male-dominated field and yeah a couple years ago you know people kind of were like hey this is a pretty toxic toxic place to work if you're not a big strong tough like a you know. super butch cis, yeah straight guy. yeah exactly yeah um and it's gotten a lot better for in my experience um in portland's experience i don't i can't speak to the rest of the country which is yeah yeah a bummer and it's nowhere's perfect but yeah i feel really lucky to be in the industry right now where everyone's really promoting women and helping them get their foot in the door however that may be wow yeah, that's neat really nice and so just to get back to the history of beer, I mean, does beer come from one particular part of the world historically, or did everyone sort of have their version of it? Or It's more everyone sort of had their version of it. Yeah. So it's just fermented grains. So whatever you could get your hands on. Beer was really perfected kind of in Germany and mm -hmm. in Europe, but they found beer in Egypt and Mesopotamia. And no way. In Asia. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. In Mesopotamia. That's freaking yeah. awesome. It was often people's wages. So servants and slaves would get, that would be their meal was just beer or they would get, oh, sure. they would get paid in beer. Wow. Yeah. And back, way back, beer was not as strong it is, as it is now. It was probably 1% to 3% ABV. Oh, okay. Well, so was the grain so the so the you know sort of remains of beer or evidence of beer that they found in different parts of the world was some of it like a rice based grain or was it all yeah barley sure. or oh okay. rice corn barley yeah they found mead so fermented honey yeah 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 wine obviously wow um, yeah just whatever they could ferment it was, it's pretty cool is there anything about the world of brewing, professional brewing, that really has surprised you? Um, I think I would say how much of a community it is. Oh, okay. Um, everyone in, I can only speak to Portland, you know, but everyone sure. in Portland is such, a, it's a super strong community. And we love to share tips, to share recipes, mm -hmm. to share tricks to make things better. Because, you know, if your neighbor is making great beer and then you start making great beer, you're helping them succeed as much as you're helping yourself succeed. And, and, and brewing is very technical. I mean, I guess I thought it was more of a um, an art, but it really is an art and a science. It's yeah, it's for sure an art and a science. It's a lot of chemistry, which is super interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the temperature that you ma that you mash your grain in at. If it's too hot, that will later cause your beer to ferment too much and it'll be drier. Oh. That's not what you're looking for. Yeah, things like that. It's really interesting. The temperature that you pitch your yeast at affects the kind of esters that it'll throw. So you can get 
apple, banana, bubble gum. Wow. It's super interesting. That is super interesting. Yeah, wow. it's all no science. Uh, yeah, the can and you're because you're converting the grain to sugar water essentially, and you need to convert the right amount at the right temperature to get the enzymes. It's way more chemistry than I thought to before I got into the <laughs> before yeah, I got into yeah. It, <laughs> it sounds like the people who meet you and you're like are like brewing is awesome. They like think it's gonna be like a big party. It's like you just yeah, drink beer yeah. all day and you're like <laughs> exactly. can I do you're equations. Like, we're in for a rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. You know Bill Nye the science guy, it's like that. It's yeah. like that. It's like that. <laughs> yep. Nice. Nice. Yeah. That's it's awesome cool. it's been cool yeah and, and you studied it. science in college right environmental yeah. I studied something. environmental science yeah yeah nice which was awesome I loved it um it was it was also different than I thought it would be it was more you know field work and collecting mm-hmm. data and then using that data um a lot of people who worked in, you know, parks department or restorations, wetlands. Oh, sure. Yeah, so that's really interesting. Well, and that um, that major took you on a trip to Bhutan, right? Yes, it did. Uh, yes. Talk about mind blowing. A place very few people <laughs> in the world have been outside. Very of mind blowing. There. Yeah. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, we looked at. They're the only carbon negative country on Earth. Negative. Wow. Yeah incredible they do a lot of solar power um they're like something like 80 percent of the people who work there are employed by the government which is incredible yeah absolutely. they do a lot of grants things like that so one of the things they did very early on is they have a ton of rural communities who are so rural they're days trip to a to a road essentially wow the main mm-hmm. road um, so the government went out to all those communities and converted, they gave them all free solar panels. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, to have electricity in order to stop burning wood. So they oh, have sure. heat, things like that. So that's reducing carbon. Um, yeah. I've heard that's a big problem in Nepal because it, you know, creates a ton of air pollution yeah, inside and outside. Pollution. Right. Yeah. Hard on people's health. So it's something that like I hadn't really thought about before. And it seems so minor, just switching from burning wood to electric heating. Yeah. yeah. And it's it makes such a difference, which is really cool. Well, and in terms of ecosystem restoration, like oh, yeah. not burning wood is probably, you know, Mother <laughs> probably Nature probably good. appreciates that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you could not burn trees, how about that? That would be cool. Yeah. They yeah. also have a ton of... Uh, they get a lot of hydroelectric power, which is awesome. Oh, okay. From waterfalls or from waterfalls. Yeah. Water rivers. Their country, the country itself has such a high elevation difference. Mm. The highest point and the lowest point are so different. They have a lot of rivers, a lot of waterfalls. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah. Bhutan was incredible. Wow. Everyone was just very friendly there. They measure, um, Bhutan does this cool thing where they measure gross national happiness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they really care about their citizens. And they really are trying to do whatever they can just to have them be happy and content with their lives. Wow. it's, It's not even like, oh, we need everyone to be happy. 
you know, trying to force it on them. They're really just taking inventory of, hey, what's your life looking like? How can we, as your country, do better? What can we do to help you? Wow. And what are some of the things they implement to, to help with that? Some of Bhutan's gross national happiness index, like measurements, are like living standards. Okay. So housing is a big one. Um, wow. People's assets, just things like that that make people more comfortable. Just uh, less anxious. Yeah. And then also um, income per household, things like that. Uh, and then also health, mental health, physical health, ha- being able to take time off work disability not being worried about if you get sick or if you get injured if you're gonna miss work money stresses around that mm-hmm. um how the government's doing i think is really important that's something they measure is the government's performance and then what kind of services they provide a political participation wow so like how effective the government yeah. is at doing yeah. what they're supposed to be doing at doing what they're supposed to be doing and how the community feels about the government they are very aware of that which is really awesome and they wow. really listen to their citizens and say what are we doing what can we do better um oh, things like that and then education is a big part of it they have free higher education teachers are the second highest paid profession there behind doctors oh. That is really, that's great. Second highest paid profession. That's amazing. Yeah. So really cool. Um, Did you get out in nature a lot when you were in Bhutan? Yes, so much. Every single day. Yeah. Were there a lot of different species? Oh, good. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of different species of animals, of plants, um, birds. They have so many different, like just nature reserves there. Wow. They're dedicated to keeping this animal's habitat the way it is yeah it's incredible when I went in January of 2020 (laughs) um they let the stat that we were told is that they let in 52,000 people per year which is less than the daily number of visitors to Disneyland wow which is crazy that is unbelievable wow yeah crazy crazy yeah when you were in Bhutan, did they know about COVID yet? I mean, did they have a sense that it was that it not, was going to be a pandemic? No, yeah, not while I was there. It wasn't like we kind of knew about it, and it was like, oh, this thing. But it was at that point, it was still kind of in China, and it was still kind of confined. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, yeah. It wasn't like a scary issue for us, which is really interesting looking back to be like, oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then you you went to Nepal. Was there a sense there about COVID yet or no, it was still too early? That was still too early. And Nepal is much busier. People were going on about their days. And then you flew from Nepal to Singapore? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then and that's then- where you started seeing masks and yep, temperature. Singapore. Wow. So um, wow, what an interesting experience to be traveling internationally at that time. Yeah, it was crazy. It was definitely... A buzz was in the air for sure. Yeah, some sense of anxiety. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So when you're going through day to day life in Portland and you're going to work and getting groceries and doing all those, you know, laundry and all those things, are there yeah. things you do to remind yourself that the world is a wonderful, exciting, beautiful place? That or things you do to sort of tone your all muscle? Oh, um, I think just kind of looking around this 
fall was a really big time for my awe muscle. Is that what you called it? Your awe muscle? Yeah, your awe yeah, muscle. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Thank this you. fall was a big time for that. I loved seeing the colors change on the trees uh, and crunch the sound of leaves crunching when you step on them. Mm-hmm, that great sense. Yeah, uh, just I know it's leaf rot, but it smells amazing. I, mean, I know it's, it's like dead things. Oh yeah, down, I know exactly. It smells that incredible. Smell. Oh, it's so good, I love it. So good. The smell of death. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm in all in a lot of my friends sometimes. I'm like, oh, one of my friends just opened her own bookstore. I'm like, oh, wow, awesome. in Portland. Yes, in Portland. What's it called? Let's go. Let's give it a plug. Yeah called grand gesture books it's a romance bookstore so if you like oh them. i love that <laughs> grand yeah. gesture books in portland mm-hmm. that sounds great yep she's the second um black owned bookstore in portland which is great very cool and can we order books from her online if we live out of town yes you can <gasps> okay christmas shoppers okay. Want to grand gesture books online it's <laughs> great that's a great name for a bookstore too yeah especially a romance bookstore oh my gosh perfect isn't it yeah perfect yes absolutely so I'm just I'm in awe of her starting her own business is there anything or place or activity that is really reliably mind-blowing like if you think I really need to have a wow moment I'm gonna do this Ooh, I don't think there's a particular place I think mm-hmm. just getting outside, going for a walk, breathing fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe less of an awe, but more of just a mind clearing, kind of a reset. Yes, absolutely. Waking yeah. up is how Waking I can up. think of it. Yeah. yeah. Anytime I can see Mount Rainier or Mount Hood, I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh they're so you know, big. They're yeah. So Pretty stunning. wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so if it's a clear day, I'll go up to a tall part, part of town and just look at Mount Hood, put in an oh. audio book, sit on a bench. Just enjoy it. That sounds beautiful. Well, final question. Do you have a song lyric or a story or a, a poem or anything that could give us insight into how you find all? My favorite song right now is called Temporary Town by Charles Wesley Godwin. Okay, I don't know that. Um, And he just says... There's a tide turning in this temporary town. Winds of change cut east, blowing dust up off the ground. Mm. I think that's so stunning. It's just nothing's permanent. You make of life what you can. You know, we're all changing. The dust is kicking up and settling yeah. down. But we're all going to make it out the other side. Right, right. There's only one exit. <laughs> <laughs> I think <laughs> that's it. There's one way to go. Yep. There's one way to go. That's I great. That's great. Reminding, yeah, reminding myself to stay present. And I have a lot of anxiety. So trying to keep myself focused on what's happening right now. I think I'm that. not able to process awe if I'm feeling anxious. So I think being able to not be anxious in order to process the awe in the world around us is really important yeah yeah that's true for me too if I'm anxious I can't process all yeah I've been listening to you know we had the the Spotify unwrapped which is so boring but it came up a a song that I'd forgotten I listened to a lot last year 
is by a group called Dawes. And I'm sure you've heard the song. It's uh, called When My Time Comes. But Ooh. it just says, uh, you could stare into the abyss, but it's staring right back. <laughs> it's just all sort of about like, <laughs> you can worry all you want, right? It doesn't actually change it. anything. Nope. nope. <laughs> like like when anything. my time comes, I'm going to go. Like that's, you know, you could, wow. uh, you could spend your whole life thinking about the things you lack. You can stare into the abyss but staring right back so oh my gosh yep i mean just yep. sometimes i feel like you know there's a lot of fretting that i try to uh, oh yeah oh 100%. i try to pretend i'm very deep and philosophical but it's just fretting <laughs> <laughs> like, all right just go go for a walk Quit go for a walk <laughs> oh you're not cool just because you found ex- existential dread today you know no nope. <laughs> nope. not cool everyone's cool well, Lily Holzman, thank you so much for being on All in All. I, I really appreciate your perspective, and I feel like I learned a lot about a lot of different things, which is what happens when I hang out with you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love hanging out with you. Thanks for listening to All in All. New episodes drop every Sunday morning, so come on back and see us. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe. All in All is a production of Punk Dog Studios and the music is by Thomas Landis. Host is Kate Landis.